having a social media account and an online presence is no longer something that is trendy and cool. It is an expectation of people who are in business. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey listener, thank you for tuning in again to the Found Podcast where we are helping women found businesses while finding themselves along the way. And right now I feel like is a timely moment to have a discussion about those of us who are using social media and the online space to found businesses. And even though we're just starting the month of February, I feel like this is a good time to reset because in the earlier month of the year, especially those first couple of weeks of January, if I'm being honest, I'm just so inundated with other people's messages about how I should be setting out my new year, how I should be setting intentions how I should be focusing and prioritizing, that it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And maybe you're that way too. And so I intentionally this year decided to withhold my Trends of 2023 episode until we had a little bit of space from that so that we could be really intentional with how we receive this message and how we choose to apply it or not going forward. So in today's episode, we're going to break down a few of the trends that I'm seeing as we go into social media marketing for our businesses in 2023. And this will be a little bit tactical, but it's also going to be a lot more intangible, talking about mindset, approach, and just how you think about social media and how that impacts your results. So let's dig right in. Number one, one of the first trends I'm seeing in 2023 for social media marketing is that It's not cookie cutter. You guys, in the past few years of being primarily in the business of social media marketing, I've tried so often to give a very prescriptive, formulaic social media approach. And it has been received sometimes with success. But if I'm being honest, there are times where people take my very same ideas that I've used for my businesses or a client's business, and it might just not work. And what I've learned over the years is that it is very much individualized for the business owner and the industry when you talk about social media marketing strategy. For example, personal brands are based on people behind the business. So if you're someone who's a freelancer or a solopreneur, or you've built this business with your name, aka Molly Kniff Media, 
even when you have a team behind you or you have help, people on the other side of the social media account expect to see you at the forefront. Even though that's not always convenient, even though you want to build a community that goes beyond you, you are still the face of the brand. And I really do feel that social media marketing, when done correctly with intention for personal brands, puts you in the driver's seat and you can compete with even big names. Because when you are take the approach of like really grasping onto that identity as a personal brand, you really do have the opportunity to create real relationships with people. And those relationships are going to go a lot deeper than surface level transactions that might be what big box retailers are planning for. Now, for example, there are people out there who have relatively small followings on social media. I know that there are people who I've been recommended to follow from the likes of Amy Porterfield or Susie Holman, and they say, oh my gosh, this is my coach. And then I go and I look that coach up on Instagram and they have less followers than I do. And I'm like, okay. So that just proves that you don't have to have a huge following to have a super successful business. When you do the work, you give the service that you promise to your customers, and you focus on helping them transform. Those people who are your clients and customers then become your evangelists, and they tell others and spread your good news through word of mouth. And personal brands, you might not want to hear that, but that is your secret sauce. When you can really double down on being the face of your business, it doesn't mean that you have to do all of the things, right? You can get support from someone like a virtual assistant. You can get support from a social media marketer. But that just means that a large part of your marketing output involves putting you as the visual for that particular brand. Now, just last week, if you are listening to this in real time or else if you're listening at a future date, go back to the episode before this with Nicole Kearns of Hill House Diaries. Nicole is a fantastic example of this. Her work that she features is in the DIY space over at Hill House Diaries, but she has inflicted a large presence of her personal life into that account, and it has helped her grow and connect with people all across the country. And it's just a testament to the fact that for a long time on social media, we used to think that we could get more followers and get more traction, therefore create more income, by simply starting to use Reels or learning how to use that flashy new graphic editor program. But the reason social media was founded in the first place and really took off is that it connected people. Now, here's me getting all historical on you, but I do love history. So back in the early days of Facebook, and at that time, MySpace was kind of coming up at the same time, this also coincided with me making that big life transition from high school into college. And I remember going to a little cookout with my friends, like the August first weekend before we were all to move away to college. And one of my friends was like, hey, did you hear about this thing called Facebook? And we're like, no, what is this? And she's like, okay, so it helps you find people in your classes and in your dorms, and then you can be friends with them. And then that way you like know who they are and you can connect with them. And 
we were like, oh, this is really cool. So at that bonfire, we all set up, we used actual, like a desktop computer to set up our Facebook accounts. And at that point, you could only have Facebook if you attended certain colleges. Not every college or junior college had Facebook access, but my college, the University of Northern Iowa did. And some of my friends were going to the University of Iowa, and so they did. But some of my friends who were going to like Kirkwood Community College or Northeast Iowa Community College, they could not set up a Facebook account because it was restricted. And this was back in the day too. Like not just anybody could have a Facebook account either. So like high schoolers, moms, dads, grandparents, not everybody could have Facebook. It was a pretty tight-knit community. And the functionality at the time too, like you could only do a status update or click a button that poked someone. So you could make friends. You could post your status, you could poke somebody. And pokes are still very, like, I don't even know what they were for. But I think there might even still be that feature on Facebook if you dig far enough. Um, But then over the years, Facebook started adding more functions, like sharing photos. This was also the time where digital photos were huge. Everybody got a digital camera for uh, college in my friend group. And our phones did not have very good photo capabilities yet. We were still using those Nokia bricks. Um, or I had like a singular wireless little flip phone, but we didn't quite get to the Motorola razors or the Blackberries yet that you could take even grainy photos. So we all were carrying around our digital cameras to the house parties of our freshman year of college. And then we would go back to our dorms. We would take out the little um, SD card that could hold like 28 gigs or, you know, and then we would upload the pictures into a Facebook album that was like my wild Halloween weekend. And we would post every single picture. And it didn't matter if those, like, we weren't as insightful as we are today. We didn't think far enough ahead to be like, oh, this picture might live on the internet forever. It was just immediate and we did it. And it really helped us, I think, as, I guess I'm an elder millennial, you would call it, but we could test the waters. And we've seen Facebook really grow as something that was limited to kids of a certain age to then opening up to high school kids, then opening up to our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation and going from something that just connected kids across campus to being something that connects businesses, a place that shares news, a place that people rely on, a place that can be controversial because of algorithms and ads and restriction of information. And I always put myself in a position to say that oh my gosh, like if I was Mark Zuckerberg, like, and I was just creating this software so that I could get to know some of my college, my college like peers. And now to see that he's being called into like Senate hearings and stuff, it's just wild. Like I, I just try to picture his perspective and be like, how could that ever have happened? But anyway, off my soapbox now. And so the reason that I'm sharing all of this is that back in the day, People didn't come to Facebook because they wanted to be marketed to. They didn't come to Facebook to market their companies. They came to Facebook to connect with college classmates, to connect with grandkids, to connect with their people they graduated from high school with, their neighbors down the street, the people they knew long ago. And it was all built on this concept of just connecting people in a closer way because we had the technological tools to do so. Now, in the mid 2010s is where it really got going for businesses to take advantage of these social media platforms for their marketing gains. And it started with these bigger name retailers, and then it's gone into being something that small business owners and entrepreneurs really 
hang their hat on as their marketing toolkit. And in this day and age of 2023 now, some of those things that we could really depend on being a viral piece of content in the late 2010s is now not what's going to cut the mustard, if you will, because people want to go back to being intentional with social media consumption, knowing that they're going to connect with someone, that they're going to have valuable interactions on these social media platforms, and they're not just going to be sold to and getting ads continuously while they're on there. And so as a marketer, we need to know that people, if we just are doing transactional-based posts, here's what I have to sell, here are the perks of my product, it's not going to work. I, in a recent program, brought up the Applebee's Instagram account. Now, they have hundreds of thousands of followers, but their engagement per post is dismal, less than 100 likes. And as small business owners, as personal brands, we can often get maybe not 100, but close to that or more because we focus on the people side of it. So personal brands, you really do have a leg up should you choose to accept that identity of being a personal brand, but know that that does mean that you're going to have to take an active role in creating the content in being in photos, being in videos, showing up on stories and showing that person side of things. And again, this does go back to in history when people would live in villages or in small towns, they knew the person behind the counter. They didn't just go to the village 30 miles away because it had a cheaper rate. They knew the person that they were doing their business with. And I believe that we really are entering a social media 2.0, if you will, as well as a new era of how we're viewing working. And social media marketing helps us as business owners cut through the noise and really focus on the priority of people if we choose to accept that. Now, even if your business is not a personal brand, you still can adapt some of these same qualities and strategies to your marketing too. Because again, cookie cutter plans are not going to work across the board for all businesses regardless of size or industry. I really do believe that each business, regardless of size or industry, will be more successful if they can inflict a personal element to their marketing. It takes a little more time. It takes a little more thought. It takes somebody who is willing to be the ambassador in the face of your brand, but it brings in that personal element that people are thirsty for when they go and open these social media apps right now. So if you have a small business, if you do operate a business that doesn't have that personal feature yet, maybe just think about how you can bring pictures of people or videos of people into it. So pictures of clients you work with, customers you serve, featured team members, get to know the administration, do some bios and featured employees, things like that. And bringing in that personal touch will really make a difference in your social media strategy this year and how it is received by your followers. But know that just by using the same approach that we've used for years doesn't mean it's going to continue to work going forward in social media. It's ever evolving. And right now, the big trend that I'm seeing is that we have to have some personality and that we have to be willing to be different from other people in our community down the street because what works for them won't necessarily work for us. All right, trend number two. Your clients, customers, and followers demand more. What I'm seeing right now is that people online, when they're following brands, no matter the size, 
They want to see the convenience that big brands offer along with that personal element that we just talked about in step number one. So for example, if you are a personal brand, I think this year is very important to start bringing in help or automations that can assist you with this because there will become a point, there will come a time where all of a sudden you have so many messages and people who want things right this instant and it's hard for you to respond to all the messages or set up the proper links all by yourself. But that is what the market has come to expect. If you are using social media marketing to help your business grow, people want to see you, but they also want to have that customer-client transaction happen as seamlessly as possible. So what that means is having the back-end setup so that you have an, a link to a scheduler if you're someone who takes appointments. That also means having a way for people to buy your products online and get them shipped if you are a product-based business. It means that you have uh, you can be found, that your contact information is available in a Google My Business listing, that your phone number is there on your Facebook page, that you have an Instagram account that people can see a little bit more about who it is you are and what you do and what you offer. Clients and customers demand more. Having a social media account and an online presence is no longer something that is trendy and cool. It is an expectation of people who are in business. And so I don't say this lightly, but if you are not on social, you should have at least one social media platform if you are in business. And that doesn't mean that it's something you need to babysit every single day. But it does mean that people want to be able to find you online so that they can see and they can read your reviews, and they can get a taste for what the client experience would be like should they choose to work with you. So I think that 2023 is a big year for businesses to really look at what is it that clients see when they Google me? What are those hits that get brought up in a Google search? Is my information all the same? Is my phone number up to date? Are my hours accurate? Do I have some of those back-end systems set up so people can get a response if they message me in a Facebook inbox or an Instagram DM? And I think it's really a time for us to sit back, reflect, and make sure all of those components are in place because, like I said, trend two is that the market is demanding more. Even if you are a small business, your clients and customers who find you online want things to be convenient for them. Trend number three, this is a big theme that I've seen come up and in recent interviews with our female guests, it has been a recurring theme there as well. But in this season of social media 2.0, gone is the the importance, and not to say that it's not gone entirely, but you don't have to be perfect, polished, and precise in what you put out on social media. We can show the raw, the authentic, the real, the pared down, the makeup free, the unfiltered versions of ourselves and our businesses. In the mid-2010s, even in the early 2010s, it came the rise of filters on Instagram, apps like Facetune where you could really... um, do a lot of editing on a picture of yourself from the convenience of your phone. And 
It also brought about the emergence of not feeling like we could post without having everything 100% perfect, whether it was how a photo was viewed, how we spoke on a story, or how we wrote in a caption. In this social media 2.0, the intention, the energy, and the connection behind the message is what people look for first. And one of the biggest examples I have of this is in paid advertising. So if you are someone who uses things like Facebook ads or Google ads, you know that in the past, and this goes even sooner than digital ads, but in newspaper ads, the yellow pages ads that we used to run, things had to be perfect and ready for print, right? We had one shot to get this right. So we were going to include all the information in one place that we could, all of the phone numbers, the address, the hours, the what we offered, and it was going to be emblazoned wherever it was printed, whether it be a billboard or in your local newspaper. But we wanted things to be perfect and we wanted them to be accurate because they cost a big investment, right? And we could only print this one time without having to reinvest. And so when digital ads came about, this was the same tactic, the same strategy that marketers and brands adopted for the digital space. And so in the early days of Facebook ads, we saw a lot of really polished, almost like a newspaper ad look, but it was applied over to a digital ad. We also saw that a lot of the pictures that people were using and the videos were very professional. They were very produced. They brought in teams and lighting kits and makeup artists and hairstylists. And while all of that is great, it also serves a purpose for a certain time and a place. I believe that now some of the most effective ads that you interact with are the ones that you might not have even known they were an ad when you first started watching them, right? Think about the rise of influencers. Some of our favorite influencers are the people who didn't say, I'm going to be an influencer, went and got a huge brand kit done, went and got marketing professionals and media professionals. They're the people who just literally showed up and said, this is the skincare I use. Look at the difference it made. This is the paint I use on my wall. This is the product that I use in my business that I couldn't live without. And they're literally just sharing what works for them with the masses. And in today's day and age in social media 2.0, we're seeing more of this like raw, paired back, very personal. Again, even though these are different trends, they all kind of fit into one another and in mesh. But We want to see as a collective more of the raw and the real and the less filtered and the less polished side of things. So in your marketing, whether that's in an ad or even in an organic post, you don't have to get so caught up in making sure that you look just so or that you have everything grammatically correct. Some of the best pieces of content that I've created and that I've interacted with are the ones that I felt compelled to post on the fly because I just had this feeling and this message that I knew was for someone else out there. And so I posted it. And even though it had crazy typos, the intention and the energy of it was received. And that's something we're going to continue to see throughout 2023. So as you consider how you're going to show up online, I would encourage you to say, okay, what do I have coming up? What do I absolutely need to make this happen? Is that an automation? Is that team support? Maybe it is a professional quality video or a headshot session. 
but know that you can still have a successful, profitable business, even if you choose to take your photos yourself from your iPhone, even if you film your videos on a time lapse while you're at work, even if you're just showing up as you are instead of some version of yourself you feel like you need to be. In this season of social media, your market, the collective, wants to see what's really going on in your business behind the scenes. So it's more important to show up on that human personal level than it is to show up in a sense that makes you look overly polished, if you will. All right, so what is the way that we can summarize or sum up these three trends that I'm seeing for 2023? First of all, if this makes you uncomfortable, know that you're not alone. There are so many people out there who I know feel a little bit anxious and not quite prepared enough to show up behind a podcast mic like this or on a video because we start getting flashbacks to like junior high and high school speech class And we think, oh my gosh, everybody's judging me. And when in reality, there are some people who are watching you and potentially judging, but for a majority, people are just there to see what you're doing and they're curious. And if you can reframe that and saying, I'm going to show up and I'm going to teach this one thing, maybe it's a life hack, maybe it's about a product you offer, maybe it's about a service you offer, maybe it's about just a message or a feeling that you've been carrying. Show up and say, I'm here to serve. I want my followers to learn this and say to yourself, there are people on the other side of this device who are just curious. My message will either be received by them or they're going to keep scrolling. But I would very much want to remind you that there are posts from millions of people around the world that they're also scrolling by. And if you're worried about too many people seeing you or too many people judging you, know that there's a lot of content out there and people aren't going to be spending as much time thinking about you and judging you as you might be thinking about and judging yourself. So I encourage you to show up and say, how am I providing value today? And remind yourself that people are going to be curious, but they're a lot less judgmental than I think they are. And as we heard in last week's episode with Nicole, I mean, her interview is fresh on my mind, so I keep going back to her. But we talked about how some of those platforms that we can be on for social media don't mean that we have to be on. The audience and the community you're going to interact with on Instagram is quite different than the audience and community you'll find over on TikTok or over on Facebook. So also know that as we're considering trends for 2023, This is also a year where we aren't going to feel the need to be everywhere because every social media platform is very much niched into, I feel this year more than ever, who they serve, who they want to serve, and how they want to be known. And so you can choose accordingly to show up for the platforms that you want to show up for, but don't feel like you have to just blindly dive into all the social media platforms because that's what somebody else was doing. Pick the platform that has the vibe you want. Pick the platform that has the strategic element that you know is possible for your business and put your emphasis and energy there without feeling like you have to be spread across all of these different content creation avenues. So in summary, people are the cornerstone of social media and marketing for 2023. I've been harping on this for years now, but I feel like this year more than ever, We're seeing less of an emphasis on 
the fancy strategies, the fancy tools, the being in all the places at once. And this year we're seeing much more emphasis on intention and serving people. And so by giving yourself space to say that you are uniquely you and you have a unique strategy, by giving yourself the space to say that you can be the face of your brand without being perfect and polished, by giving yourself the space and the um, credit to say that you can't do it all. You probably do need to have help or um, automations at some point to help you provide the customer service that the market is looking for. I think that'll set you up well for 2023. Now, if you're someone who's listening and you're like, Molly, this sounds like a lot and I'm not sure how I can do this, I would absolutely love to get on a discovery call with you. So don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at mollyknuth underscore MKM, or you can email me molly at mollyknuthmedia.com. In my 30-minute discovery calls, I will not sell you. I will sell you if I feel like I do have a product or service that will help, but I will also recommend the other people or the platforms or the tools that you can implement yourself if that's what you need in the moment the most. I also encourage you to check out our upcoming shift program. More details can be found on that over at mollyknuthmedia.com shop. But in this short-term group program, we're going to be talking about how to really set yourself up to shift into bigger and better things throughout the year. So we're going to start by becoming self-aware. We're going to learn about our human design and how that can help us understand and have language around why we are the way we are. We're going to set intention. We're going to frame our ideas and our goals for the rest of the year, and then we're going to test things out. And you can do that in a supportive environment in this group, as well as with me as your guide. So if you're interested in shift, this is not like business or industry specific. This is just for the woman who can hear that this is for her. Just head over to mollyknuthmedia.com shop or shoot me a message if you have questions. I am so excited for the direction that this year is heading already. I already feel clarity and purpose and ideas emerging more than they ever did in 2022. And I know for a lot of us, 2022 was a heavy year. So I'm sending you all the good vibes and the support that you need to make 2023 the year that you shift into big things for yourself. Thank you so much for being here. And I'll be back next week with another fantastic interview with a woman who has found a great business that, oh my gosh, I am just so inspired by. And she's found herself along the way too. All right, friends, take care. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.